0: Wanna make an infected you, so you know what to do. Come on and make that pledge and listen, living on the edge. Living on the edge, living on the edge.
1: Hello everybody, and welcome to the badass podcast Living on the Edge. I'm your host, the original cryo badass, Elliot Evans, and today we're going to be talking to Gemma Margerison, the founder of I Am Connected and author of Connected 12 Ways to Wellbeing. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. So as we talked before on on email and everything, we've talked about that we're going to uh, about permission that we're going to be talking about really important and very painful sort of memories and it's not just a case that you can just talk to somebody about it because you know it's important to think about these things so I just wanted to start is it all right if we have permission for you to share your story with with our with our audience
0: yeah absolutely
1: fantastic I really appreciate that so I think the first thing we should get started with is to tell us a little bit about you you know what is I am connected and a little bit about this book
0: yeah, sure. So um, as well as being the founder of I Am Connected, I'm a personal development coach specialising in resilience, confidence and wellbeing. So that's kind of where it all sort of started. And there's a couple of different elements to I Am Connected. Mm. The first is kind of the, the coaching and training aspect to it. So going into businesses, helping people to develop resilience, confidence and well being in the workplace. But then also also having the one-to-one coaching side of it as well either where people can come to me privately or businesses can refer members of staff to me for support and then the other side of it and this is where it links into the book Mm. is around creating an online community and directory around people that work within the well-being sector so the book um, came out in 2021 and it's called connected the 12 ways of well-being for a holistically healthy life and through that I interviewed um, over 40 different well-being practitioners Mm -hmm. and um, just getting them to give their their hints and tips about how to manage different elements of well-being so it became this cross between a self-help book and a well-being directory because they publish their contact details in there as well Um, and so this is what I've tried to do with I Am Connected is replicate some of that and build that online community so that people have got a one-stop shop to go to for support
1: no that's fantastic whereabouts are you based um for this or is it all online is it
0: it's a real mixture. So I'm based in Standish, so just outside of Wigan. Um, I'm a Preston girl originally, so <laughs> a lot of my <laughs> <laughs> a lot of my my contacts and networks are based around there as well. Um, so I do go out into businesses. I do meet people one to one, but a lot of the support that I offer is online as well.
1: Oh, that's superb. I really appreciate that. So. As we've talked about what this show is all about, is sort of about that inspiration of getting through things. And, and I know we've, we've talked about what's happened to you. So if you don't mind maybe going back and, and letting everybody know what's actually happened to you and how that's impacted on your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So in 2013, I came back to the UK after living and working in New Zealand for three and a half years. And in, I don't know, it was probably very naive of me, but I came home and I kind of hoped that there would be a Gemma-shaped hole waiting for me <laughs> to kind of slot back into my life. Yeah. And that just that just hadn't happened. People had moved on and got lives and mm. how rude. Yes. Um, yeah, how dare they. <laughs> and I just really struggled to settle back into to life here. And this, this sort of then became a bit, a bit of a spiral. And in 2014, I went through a series of, of quite minor events mm-hmm. if they'd have happened in isolation. But because they happened over a six-week period <coughs> on top of me kind of struggling to adjust, mm-hmm. I found myself at an emotional breaking point. And um, it wasn't until nine months later, so July 2015, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. And I'd been going through all sorts of symptoms up until that point. Mm. Um, But it took me a long time to to just go and get support.
1: When you talk about that like there was a number of different things that impacted, can you give some examples of those types of things? Because obviously... It's not always one thing that sets people off. It's a it's a combination. So, and it can be innocuous. Um, what were some of those examples?
0: So um, I had to have um, some uh, a couple of. Um, hospital procedures. Mm. So I had a couple of lumps that they removed for biopsy. So I was waiting for those results. Um, in the in the meantime, twenty four hours later, I was in a minor car accident. Wow. Um, then I decided that I needed to sort of get away um, and and went and spent time with an ex boyfriend who, instead of being that source of comfort, mm. ended up just um, just just it was just. The most horrendous experience, yes. really, yeah. and uh, and so all of that kind of. Um Just compounded really Mm. into this sense of of feeling really um, really lost and like I had no sort of grounding Mm. Um, and I just yeah I just kind of fell off the edge. It
1: is interesting when just saying about that about going back to the ex. I'm not going to diss everybody. Some people's exes are fantastic, you know. But that uh, thing of going back to the known, you know, as things are going really bad at the moment, I will retract to the known is that what you were how you were feeling it
0: yeah absolutely i felt like because it was somebody that that knew me mm-hmm. that already accepted me and understood me that even though my my body was healing from the hospital and from the car accident that that I would be accepted unfortunately that also uh, meant that I'd overlooked all the signs from our previous <laughs> yes. relationship yes. of yeah. why we'd broken yeah. up in the first place um, and sort of chose to ignore them and they all came back to the yeah. forefront over that weekend
1: I would assume that it was um, tenfold. Because you're a completely new person, and it's very much more compounded,
0: yes, and absolutely. things like that. So
1: we're not going to advertise about going back to your ex, you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> none of that. But uh, so you talked about like PTSD, is that a, that thing? You, you, for most people, they associate that with soldiers, mm-hmm. for example. So how how was it being knowing that that's what your diagnosis was?
0: It was. It was really interesting, actually, because at the time I got my diagnosis, I was working with um, ex-service personnel. Mm. I was working with veterans. And I kind of had that, well, I haven't been on the front line. I don't sort of deserve to have that same (laughs) diagnosis. Um, And actually, that was the community that really Mm. rallied around me. Um, And so it it was definitely a... Uh, An eye-opening diagnosis to get of oh actually there's there's probably more about this that I don't know and that I need to learn about um, but I had that kind of that kind of group of people mm. around me to just give me a helping it, hand.
1: It is funny when you ha- find y- your people, so to speak. I have it with the chronics and with the autistics. There, there are certain. There are certain groups that, oh, you're not autistic enough to be in our group, you know. You're, you're not, you're not being a service person. You can't be in our group, you know yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. But the real genuine people who understand the trauma, understand the issues you're going through, are actually. Best people to be around. It's, yeah. it's and other people don't tend to understand how. In relation to um, were you, so you obviously you said about going back to your ex partner, but uh, I know you're in a new relationship now. But we, won't, we don't need to go into that one. But how did your family uh, take the um, the diagnosis and, and the stuff?
0: I didn't tell my family. No. Um, I uh, this this sort of only came out to them really a couple of years ago. Um, they sort of knew that something was a little bit different um, about me, but I think whether it was a lack of of their knowledge and understanding or not knowing how to handle it, we never had those discussions about something's different about you or, or anything like that. I kept it very much... To myself uh, which is not something that I would I would recommend no. um, but it's yeah we've had to have some really honest and 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 quite painful discussions over mm. these last couple of years now that I can talk about it
1: how did that uh, go I know you talked about like not actually telling people and that's a lot of people who have other conditions and other things and everything find Talking to family difficult because of that understanding issue. You know, it's uh, if you not if you've not gone through it, you can't fully engage in it. There are people who can, and that's fantastic. And there are a lot of people who can't. You know, invisible is the illnesses. You know, maybe mm. they don't exist. How did you find when you actually did open up to family and ex- fully explained what was going on? How was uh, how did that kind of go? I know you say it was painful, but if you could maybe elaborate a bit.
0: Yeah, um, it was. It was good, actually. It it cleared a lot of air, and I think it made space for being able to be more open in the Mm. future. I wouldn't say that we sort of really delved deep into the the nuts and bolts of it all, but it just just allowed um, a little bit more space to appear.
1: Did they understand the diagnosis, or was there any sort of, are you sure it's that? Is there... um
0: yeah. No there was no, there was no question in the diagnosis no question in yeah. it. Um, yeah they were they were very accepting. Oh no, of that's that.
1: fantastic. So talking a little bit about once now you've got now you've got ETSA and everything how did that impact on your life uh, did it um you know good the bad the ugly that type of thing.
0: Yeah so at the beginning it had a massive impact mm. on my life. Um memory was a huge issue um missing um appointments missing birthdays um not being able to concentrate at work um that that all came to the surface um things like having the flashbacks Mm -hmm. Uh, they were really difficult and and quite scary at times um so for me it wasn't just about having flashbacks to the particular event Mm -hmm. I'd have flashbacks to to dreams or places that I've been before and I reached a point of do you know what I cannot tell the difference between what is happening, and what has happened, and what I've read about or watched on right. television, and that's a really scary it's a place. Lucid to be. dreaming,
1: yeah, that, that you believe that you're actually in there and it's actually happening. Yeah. It happens in a lot of other conditions that a lot of people don't know about. We will go through that over when we get those people in, maybe <laughs> and everything. But, but yeah, the, that can be so. Uh, draining and, and and scary very scary and everything and especially when you're trying to describe it to someone and go that never happened or,
0: yeah, or yeah. you
1: know you're, you're, you're dreaming and things like that what yeah. uh, did you find that has been
0: yeah I, I found it really scary Um Horrendous, vivid nightmares, um, and then just a real kind of sensitivity to noises, Mm. places. um, I was really jumpy, and all this coming from somebody who a couple of years ago had lived on the other side of the world by themselves. Suddenly, I was afraid of my own shadow and to step out of the front door. And I think that that was a really difficult thing to deal with as well of losing a sense of identity. Yeah.
1: And uh, how did that impact on things like, you know, work, for example, you know, a, a lot of people who have other conditions and everything have a real issue with work. How did, how did that impact?
0: So for the first 12 months, I managed to kind of battle through work. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did speak to my manager about it, she was very understanding and they got me some counselling through the workplace, mm-hmm. um, but it took a long time to recover and um, I ended up taking about six months mm-hmm. out of work uh, just to be able to, to get myself back together um, so yeah it's been um, it's been an interesting one and then I had a bit of a um, a relapse I would say in about 2019 yeah. um, and that really impacted work mm. just the basics from where I was sat in the office through to the amount of work that I could cope with um, and yeah it, it definitely had an effect um,
1: I'm, I'm- I'd say, I'm sorry, but we were in the same boat in relation to things. We all all kind of understand different, different ships. I always think of it as like different books, same library. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always things to look at that. So you've talked about how it impacted and how the negatives of of things and everything. And obviously you're you're here now. So, you know, hey. Uh, So tell us about your journey of getting through that, you know, kind of like kicking it to the side. I know you're still going through it, but, you know, it's how did that? How did that start?
0: Yeah. So it started by going to see the GP. Um, who was just so kind and so helpful. Um, then I was able to get counselling through through work. Um, and then when I moved into my next job, um, getting counselling through them as well. So I think I must have had um, therapy um, on and off for about five years. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, 2019. So just after I'd had a, a little bit of a relapse, I kind of reached a place of, do you know what I'm? I feel like I'm moving towards personal recovery here, yeah. and there were three things that I felt like if I can do these three things, I'll have I'll have made it. I'll yeah. have reached a place where I know I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And without really realizing it, I coached myself yeah. into doing those three things, which were to um, drive on the motorway. Mm-hmm. Um, start my PhD and get back on a plane wow and um this was where my my love of coaching started so by the end of 2019 I had completed all of those things um, I took lessons to get back on the motorway I started my doctorate in coaching and mentoring um, and I took a plane back to New Zealand um, and visited wow. um, all of my friends there
1: no, oh, that's fantastic. And it's, it's really interesting you say that about because some people would just say getting on a plane, you know, it's just like getting in the car. It's, it's a normal sort of thing. But for you, it was so massive, you know, for those successes. Did you feel that sense of accomplishment, uh, you know, when you landed or when you actually got on the plane and, and things like that? How did that feel?
0: Yeah, not so much when I got on the plane. Um, I think uh, I was well, yeah, managing made, made, the, yeah. the terror. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, definitely when I when I arrived um, at Auckland Airport, I picked up my hire car, yeah. and I knew that I had just two or three weeks to just be that adventurous, independent mm. me again. And it well, oh, yeah, it was just it was a really beautiful moment. Yeah.
1: So did I address you incorrectly? Is it, is it doctor?
0: It's not no. Doctor yet, no, no. We've got a long way to go no, with that. Are but, we still um, going? Still going, oh, fantastic. yeah.
1: fantastic, fantastic. But that's that's the that's the plan, isn't it? That's the future. We're going to get on to the future very shortly, but that's the future, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, t- talking a bit about it now, so when you, when you look back and, and see where you were and everything... And when I'm talking about going back, I'm not talking about when you actually got diagnosed with, with the PDSD. We're talking about prior to that, the person you were previously. Yeah. How different a person are you from that person who came back from New Zealand to the person who's signed in front of me today?
0: Gosh, um, very different, uh, very different person. I, you know, I was... Mm. 23 when I came back um, and you know I'd had this really amazing experience and and the world was my oyster and and all of that kind of stuff I think now I'm much more settled um which is which is really nice um mm. I can still have I can still have that independence still be um a, a creative adventurous individual but put down roots at the same time and mm. um, it's really nice to feel um, a sense of belonging somewhere rather than 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 travelling all all the time, um, and so yeah, I think um, coming out of the PTSD, I think I'm a much more empathetic person yeah. um I, I always have been a very um sensitive empathic but I think um going through that experience has made me even more so and I think it's given me a, a drive as well um to, to help others so yeah, uh, yeah hopefully yeah, all positives
1: well you talk about it I thought you were talking about it earlier you talked about the authentic self you know the um, yeah. and We feel that when we go through life, before we have go through trauma or we go through issues, you know, of that face that you put forward to the world, it's not always you. And that was that what you would maybe have considered when you were 23, you know, there was that person that you were and that was a, a part of you, but not really you. And then you've gone through the trauma and this is you, you see, as this being the authentic you.
0: Yeah, I think they were both authentic versions mm. of myself. But I think before I went through this experience, I was ashamed of that authentic really? self. Mm. Okay. Um, i kind of always been told you don't cry unless mm. you're, you know, in, in pain. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, you... Being sensitive is a bad thing, and right. and all of that. Whereas now, I really embrace it, and I'm really quite proud of mm. it. Um, and a lot of my work is helping other people to be proud of it too. Mm. And so, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say um, that that it was a, it was an inauthentic version of me. Mm. I just didn't embrace it the way that I do no. now.
1: So now, now, we're we're back up to where we were. I really. Appreciate that. You know what, what's happening in the life now. What's uh, what's what's coming on in the future. What's coming in.
0: Yeah. Well, aside from um you know planning a wedding and oh, um, and yeah. thank yeah. you. Uh, and working towards being Dr. Gemma, um, which as I said is a long a long way away yet, yeah. yeah, but we'll get there yeah. eventually. Um, I'm in the process of writing a second book. Fantastic. Um so this is going to focus again on this idea of authentic self and being proud mm. of that. Um and then I'm hoping to do a lot more speaking engagements mm. this year off the back of that. So, I've got a couple um, um, lined up for the next couple of weeks. Can and you... Uh, I, um,
1: you can, I don't mind your name dropping if you want to say where you're <laughs> going to be in the next couple of months. I don't... Uh, that's fine.
0: Yeah, so um, oh. I'm, at, I'm at Blackburn College um, doing some fantastic. stuff around yeah. International Women's Day, which mm. is fantastic. Um, and... Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's alright it's alright you know there's plenty more no, don't worry about it but what else is happening in relation you know you see, obviously they said the book you're writing that at the moment yeah. have you got any um, other events that you might be going to um, on, where people can come and meet you
0: Yep. So there's um, a book event at the end of this month. Brilliant. So it's called What's Your Story, Chorley? Um, mm-hmm. On the 25th of March. So I'm going to be in Ebb and Flow Bookshop um, talking about my book and talking about confidence. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's really great.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. So if anybody wanted to like, uh, you know, read your book, for example, yep. uh, and everything, which I, I've got the book, you know, is, I'm not, <laughs> it's not a plug or anything. I have actually, I bought it with real money. Mm-hmm. Um where where would where would we go? Where would you, is it on your website or
0: so the best place to get it is on Amazon. So if you just type in my name or type mm-hmm. in connected, it'll come up. And um, two pounds from a sale of every book goes to support Lancashire Mind. Brilliant. Um, so looking at the work they do around mental health. Oh,
1: I really appreciate that. It's it's been fantastic talking and everything. It's amazing to hear about your story and that. And I really do appreciate it. So, but one of the things I would like, and, and for anybody who's listening, um, hopefully there's a lot of you, you know, is <laughs> is what I would love is if anybody else was going through the same sort of things similar not the same you know sort of like ptsd or other sorts of things the trauma what kind of um advice would you give that person that they think you know "I'm, i'm finished
0: yeah so i think my biggest piece of advice is don't wait to reach out Um, if you feel any kind of symptoms or anything that you're worried about go and see a GP or reach out to a a, a counsellor or a therapist just don't bottle it up Um, and then I think the other one is to remember what you're passionate about remember what gives you joy and gives you fire um, because it was it was that inspiration that kept me going
1: no, oh, that's fantastic. I really appreciate that, and I really thank you for your time. and and th- and That's what the show's all about. And I really appreciate you all, our our uh, first one, first one in, and everything. It's, it's always difficult being the first one and everything. And I really appreciate it. No, it's oh, yes, been great, so it's been thank fantastic. You. And that's what our show's going to be about. What we're going to be talking about over the next couple of months. We're going to have more guests in. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be fantastic. And I really hope you're going to be joining us. Uh, so I really hope you enjoy that. And if you did like that, you know. Get on to Jamishu. All her links will be on the screen, her website, go and get her book. It's fantastic. Maybe maybe go along to the book thing and you maybe sign it.
0: Absolutely. Say where they
1: were from. Absolutely. Really, that'd be really great. So thank you very much and see you soon. And remember, you can be sick but still have a baddest sick life. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.
0: I want to make an infected you so you know what to do. Come on and make that pledge and listen. Living on the edge. Living on the edge. Living on the edge.